0: got your Bibles or some other app that you've got the scriptures on thanks guys just very quickly the other thing I wanted to do is just to flash this card before you again and remind you that it's the information card that has prayer requests on there and other information these are found in each side of the of the house here in a wooden box, you'll see the wooden boxes there and just above that there's a little plastic receptacle with these cards in there so please use them if you've got a prayer request and you'd like, if it's a confidential private and confidential it goes to the pastors only, if it's not it'll go to another group of folks, uh, the prayer chain or the prayer warriors we call them, prayer and praise um, that will get listed if you tick the prayer and praise here if it's private and confidential which is down here as I said it only goes to the pastors um, so please use that form to uh, let us know what's going on and how we can pray and I actually can say that I had a couple of ladies a couple of weeks ago now a few weeks ago who came up to me and said thank you for praying it only went to the pastors and we prayed for them and they came and told us the answer to that prayer that week that's exciting that's what God does isn't it that's what prayer's about and uh, so please use those cards to give us information but also for us to pray for you Uh, in those situations that you would like us to pray for. Some folks just want to pray amongst themselves and that's fine as well. But if you want us to pray, please use the cards, pop them in the boxes, I collect them or or someone from the office collects them and then that process starts rolling. But we get the news out, we get the information out so people can pray. Great, okay, we're up to chapter 11. Well, I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer from chapter 11 of Luke this morning rather than Matthew. But I'm going to be preaching mainly from Matthew. But I want to read this this morning. So let's read this together. You can follow me if you like. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day. Our daily bread forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation then Jesus said to them suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say friend lend me three loaves of bread a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him and suppose the one inside answers don't bother me the door is already locked and my children are in bed I can't get up and give you anything I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of, of bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God's precious word to us this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you again for this precious time. And we want to tell you it's a precious time because you're here. You're in the house with your people. We're together. Being together is great, but it's even better. And you are the one who makes all the difference. So please come and make the difference in our hearts and minds today. Meet us right now. Folks here, Lord, who just need your special touch. Some of us really thirsty for you others may not think they are but we are all thirsty so please meet us please touch us please grow us to be more like you in every dimension of our lives please teach us to pray as we look at this scripture this morning in Jesus name amen so this morning we pick up from two weeks ago and we're continuing to work through a series by the Alpha group called Alpha Prayer. It's the Alpha Prayer course. And as many of you know, this course centres around the Lord's Prayer. Um, it is topical. It doesn't go through the Lord's Prayer, you know, section by section, but it, it does centre on the Lord's Prayer. And, and as I learned just recently, actually, that um, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer is prayed by more than a third of the world's population, according to the, to the actual Prayer Leaders Guide that we uh, downloaded. So next to the 23rd Psalm, this prayer is is, is the best known and loved by so many worldwide. Isn't that interesting? doesn't surprise you, really, does it? Actually, just on that point, I was thinking about it again during the week. Who remembers the Millennium Prayer? Do you remember the Millennium Prayer? We actually bought the DVD of that back in 1999 or 2000, whenever it was. But the Millennium Prayer by Cliff Richard, uh, written by him, I think, is the words of the Lord's Prayer sung to the song of Old Lang Syne. And this is the interesting thing. In the, in, year, in the year 1999 to 2000, this song, the Lord's Prayer, the Millennium Prayer, reached number one in the UK singles chart. Number one. Isn't that Interesting. It reached number two in the Australian Arias charts as well, back at that time. And according to Wikipedia, it was, not, it was not written, it was not intended to go into any of the charts. Instead, it was written to form part of, a, of the Shared Jesus International production. That was the original intention, according to what this source said. But isn't it interesting? It seems that the Lord had other plans... And I wonder if someone was petitioning God during that time. Because if you can also remember, just briefly, I want to roll on with this, but you can remember that it was at that time, it was a troubled time. For some people, it was a very frightening time. It was an uncertain time. There was talk about the Y2K bug. Who remembers that? Remember the millennium bug that was supposed to cause havoc around the world? The computers would crash planes would fall out of the air do you remember that and there were people I remember on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve of 1999 who had private planes and they went up and they flew around saying see we don't believe this nonsense but I wonder whether or not God's timing was such that he brought this Millennium Prayer I don't know that's just what I'm thinking When people are nervous, when people are uncertain about what's going to happen when the clock ticks over to the year 2000. And there's all kinds of stuff going on about that. So we need to continue to pray. And pray the prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. So we want to encourage you to do the Alpha Prayer Course if you're not doing it already. Do it in families. Do it as couples, families. Better still in a life group. Um, all the resources that you need are freely available online. You can download them from the website, www.prayercourse.org. It's just there. Um, and there are a couple. Last time I looked, there are about two USB sticks left with all the resources on them if you wanted them. There are only a couple left. There may not be any now, thanks to Josh, who copied a number of these things, put all the resources on a USB stick, freely available from the office. Check it out after the service. If you'd like one, there might be one left. But look, um, as I did last Sunday night, two weeks ago, I want to lead us in a suggested prayer as we continue this series that we're doing and the course that we're doing here at the moment. Could I lead us in a suggested prayer? I love this prayer. Um, I I'd, I'd encourage you to make it your own, but I'd like to lead us in this prayer. It goes like this. Lord, I often talk more about you than to you. And I'm sorry. I pray for my own prayer life to grow. I pray for prayers to be answered through this course, through this series. I pray for complacency to be replaced by expectancy and disappointment by fresh faith. Father, we pray for those who assume that prayer's not their thing, to be quietly hijacked by your Holy Spirit over the next few weeks and even longer lord we long for more of your presence more of your perspective and more of your power in our lives lord would you teach us to pray in jesus name amen so this morning we want to look at the second topic using the lord's prayer as our basis and and to use other scriptures as well so the second one we're looking at is called power in prayer or petition let me take you back to Matthew's uh, prayer um, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew Matthew 6 7 11 says this and I love it and when you pray I just want to make that little point it doesn't say if you pray it does say when you pray so when you pray do not keep babbling And so firstly, by reminder, um, this prayer was given by the Lord Jesus, and I'm sure we all know this, as a model prayer of what authentic Christian prayer is. What it's like, what it actually is. In contrast to the babblings, or as other versions say, to the vain and meaningless repetitions of pagans. This is authentic prayer, Jesus says, in contrast to what you've heard and perhaps what you were doing yourselves before you met Christ. So it's not just a model, it can be actually used. As I said earlier, it's being used by what we understand more than a third of the world's population. So interestingly in Luke, as you perhaps may have picked up, let me read these verses. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Then, then, he, then Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day a daily bread. So when you look at Luke's account, you'll see that Jesus is saying, when you pray, you say these words, sort of thing. And he goes on with the prayer. But in Matthew, it says, when Jesus is recorded saying, this then is how you should pray. So you can see that it's a minor thing, but it's a good thing to just keep in mind that the Lord's Prayer can both be a model of, of prayer, of, of how we actually base our prayers and use it as a model, or it can actually be the prayer itself. And I want to encourage us all this morning, family here today, I want to encourage you to, that in your families, as couples, pray the prayer. Pray together. Pray as families. Get your kids around you. We used to do that with our kids. And yes, they'd roll it over the floor and you'd go, what on earth are we wasting our time doing this for? But it's not wasting your time. You pray. Let them see you pray. Pray as families. Pray as couples. Need to do it. And of course, not just praying the Lord's Prayer, but other prayers. But pray the Lord's Prayer. Talk about what the prayer means as you go through each verse of it. They're very, very important, essential things we do as families in this world in which we live, folks. You've heard the saying. Sure you have. Families who pray together, stay together. But it's also important to remember that when we pray, we engage the Lord Jesus. We engage our Heavenly Father sincerely with all of our hearts and all of our minds Otherwise, even the Lord's prayer is in danger of becoming meaningless and vain repetition, the very thing that Jesus is denouncing here. Do you understand that part of it? In other words, don't parrot the prayer. Where your mind's somewhere else and your mouth's doing this, but you're off somewhere else. I don't believe God hears those kinds of prayers. Because when he hears prayers, he looks at your heart, not just what comes out of your mouth. If he he only saw what come out of our mouth, how big trouble we would be in. We don't know, the the Bible said we don't know how to pray as we ought. Listen to how the prophet Jeremiah uh, emphasises this point that I'm making here this morning. And he's emphasising it to God's rebellious and fallen people, Judah, who are about to be taken away captive by Nebuchadnezzar. So Jeremiah's prophesying here, and he says this to them. He says, then you will call on me. This is God speaking. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. This is Jeremiah 29 and verse 12 to 14. Verse 13 says this. Listen to these words. You will seek me and find me. Listen to this. When you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I believe that's a conditional prayer. He says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, when you seek me with all your heart. So don't come babbling stuff. Engage, I want your heart when you pray, Jesus says. I want all of you. Meet with me. Be intimate with me and I with you. That's powerful prayer. So prayer is powerful, folks, and therefore your petitions when your heart is united with God's heart. That's how he wants it. He says, my true worshipers worship me in spirit and truth. So the Apostle John, he, he put it like this. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. What a magnificent promise. 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Jot that down. Read it later. Pray it through. 1 John 5, 14, 15. And it seems to me as you read things like this, that to be united to God's heart in prayer you'll be also united to his will and when you are God hears and he answers your prayer it may not always be the way you want him to but he hears and he answers and in the Lord's prayer <clears throat> Jesus invites us after having expressed our adoration to the Lord our father in heaven and by our praise and our worship of him and In hallowing his name. or By that we mean by revering his name. Recognizing and acknowledge him as holy. Set apart. Lifted up. High and above every other throne. Above every other name that is named. He's hallowed. We hallow his name. We lift him up. And we adore the one who adores us. Do you get that? We adore the one who adores you and me. Try and fathom that. And then so as we do fathom that, as we try to fathom that, we continue to adore our heavenly father even more that he should adore the likes of you and me. Do you understand? That's worship. Lord, how could you adore someone like me? What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you should think of him? We adore him. And then Jesus continues to teach us in this prayer that priority ought to be given, firstly, for the name, for God's name, for his rule, for his kingdom, for his will. That's the first part. That's how we engage with God, adoring him, acknowledging him, acknowledging his kingdom, lifting our eyes up, but then also recognizing we have needs too. And so the second part of this prayer deals with our human needs, and so we come and we, we're invited by Jesus to petition our Father, asking him, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. So in this prayer, in this part of the prayer, it's, it's give us, it's forgive us, and it's deliver us. Those three petitions, give us, forgive us, give, uh, and uh, deliver us. These are the needs. These are our needs that Jesus teaches us to petition our Father in heaven with. I want to touch on the petition of your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. But I want to deal with that part of it later on. But your kingdom come. So Jesus is clearly teaching his people that we are to seek the kingdom of God as a matter of priority. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting how he says these same things again in the Sermon on the Mount. Same place, same chapter, verse 33, when Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Because you see, there's another kingdom. There's another kingdom contesting for your and for my allegiance. There's another God of this world and his kingdom is not only opposite in character but it is opposed opposite and opposed in every way to the kingdom of God the God of this world a thief opposed to God and to those who belong to him and he comes only to steal, kill and destroy but Jesus came To give us the opposite. Hear what he says in John 10 verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. This is what God's kingdom is, is all about. And it's so essential that you and I understand. You need to understand God's kingdom. But understand this, folks, that only those who put their faith in Christ can enter it. Have you done that today? Do you know for certain that you're in God's kingdom? If you don't talk to one of us before you leave this morning, this is critical. Have a look at what Jesus said to Nicodemus about entering the kingdom and not entering the kingdom. Have a look in John 3 verses 3 to 5. Note what he says to Nicodemus, a religious leader who probably should have known. So as we pray, as the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come. You know, the kingdom of God really means the reign of God. It it means it's where he rules. It's... And we need to appreciate this in three different ways too which would be helpful for us we do appreciate the kingdom of God in three different ways firstly it's this so in one sense the kingdom of God is already here it's the now but not yet in one sense it's already here it came when Jesus came that's one way of looking at the kingdom of God it's where he rules it's where it can be appreciated, sorry, it's where Jesus actually rules. For example, Jesus answers the blasphemous remarks of the Pharisees and he says this to them. In Matthew twelve twenty-eight, he says this, but if it is by the spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. They were blasphemy, accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the prince of demons, all that sort of rubbish. And then Jesus says, but if it is by the spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. But it wasn't upon them. Not that these Pharisees were part of God's kingdom, but in a sense, but in this sense, we see that Jesus already... By exercising the reign and the rule and the authority of God's kingdom over the kingdom of darkness of this world. So, his kingdom has come. And the enemy or the God of this world is defeated through the Lord Jesus Christ, and so is his kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, defeated. And we as believers have that same authority that Jesus had. We have it in his name. And there'll be more about that later on. The last session of this, this whole series is on spiritual warfare. So a lot more will be talked about there. But it's good to acknowledge that. We have the authority through Jesus Christ over the authority of the evil one in Jesus' name because Satan is defeated at the cross. The blood of Jesus has defeated the evil one. Acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that and pray accordingly with that kind of authority and boldness. Secondly, <clears throat> secondly, the kingdom of God is in the hearts and the lives of those who belong to Christ. The kingdom of God, this is something that's, tried, you try to fathom this, this is the kingdom of God is in his church. Again, when Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, he explained the kingdom of God in these words, in these terms. Listen to this. This is in Luke 17, verse 20 to 21. <clears throat> Once having been asked by the Pharisees, When the kingdom of God would come. Jesus replied. The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. Nor will people say here it is. Or there it is. Listen to these words. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Can you fathom that? I can't. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is within you. The heart of a believer. <clears throat> You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is within you in this sense. So Jesus was speaking generally, <coughs> pardon me, was speaking generally to these religious leaders of the spiritual presence of God's kingdom within the hearts and lives of his people who have faith in him. But also, When we pray your kingdom come, we're praying that it will grow. We pray that God's kingdom will grow, that it will swell with precious human souls. Saved. Saved through the witness of his church on this earth. That's what we also mean when we're praying, Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, we want your kingdom to grow. We want people to be in your kingdom. We want to populate your kingdom, Lord. Help us as a church to be on the cutting edge of sharing your gospel, of seeing people one for Jesus so that your kingdom come, your kingdom grow and expand, Lord. And we do that even in this church, even here at SDBC. And you know what? If you hung around for 1030 service, you would hear three, three testimonies. You'll hear at least one of people who will be baptised at the 1030 service, who will testify about how the kingdom has come to them. And then thirdly, and this is awesome, when we pray your kingdom come, we pray for that glorious day, that glorious day when Christ shall return and establish his kingdom upon the earth. And that day we know is coming soon. When we will experience, when we will see things that are beyond our comprehension right now. But we're looking forward to that. Are you looking forward to that day? Is it in your heart when you say, come Lord Jesus? Please come Lord Jesus. And we'll get to see and we'll get to experience a glimpse, a little glimpse of what John gives us Here but we'll experience in its fullness when he comes. But listen to this. Let this whet your appetite. Read it and worship God as you read what's going to happen. Revelation 21, 1 to 3. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. And they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Lord, come quickly. We want that day without delay, Lord. I wonder if it's your hope this morning. Is that your hope this morning? And it's no wonder that Jesus calls us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. For this is where our true citizenship is. Dear brothers and sisters, this morning, this is where we actually live. This is not your home. You're renting this place, your true citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20. And therefore, that's where our heart's focus is, or it needs to be. We need to have that heavenly focus. As well as being about the work of the Lord, we need to recognise and acknowledge and know and be where our citizenship really is. And that's in heaven, if you're a believer here this morning. So Jesus taught us to pray, saying... Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he also then taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And so we're also also taught to petition our Father in heaven for our daily needs. And I don't know about you, but it seems amazing to me that we should ask the father of these things when Jesus has already said these things to us in chapter 8 and verse 8 of Matthew 6 when he says your father knows you need them he knows what you need before you ask him and yet we're still asked to ask God give us this day our dirty bread you get that and, and you see I, I believe it's because he desires us to ask of him I believe as we come to our Father and we ask him things, he already knows what you're going to ask. But to come and ask him, it draws us into his presence. It draws his presence to us. He connects with us. We connect with him. It's intimacy. It's relationship. And we grow in our love for the Lord. When you meet him, when you ask of him things. How dull. You just simply sit in your heart, Well, God already knows that, so we just keep doing our thing. No, meet with him, ask of him, petition him. Draw close to him and he will draw close to you. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, when you seek me with all your heart. He's got things for you would not believe. You think you're walking with the Lord? He's got deeper places to take you yet. He wants to grow you to be more like his son that's going to take a lifetime take eternity he wants you to ask him Spurgeon says this he makes a valid point and based on Luke eleven nine, 9 he says whether we like it or not asking is the rule of the kingdom whether we like it or not asking is the rule of the kingdom and I think that's true remember the story of blind Bartimaeus on the roadside and he calls out to Jesus who then asks him and they people try to quiet him down he says son of son of man have mercy on me or something he said, son of man have mercy on me. Jesus have, son, have mercy on me and then Jesus comes up to him and even and this seems a bit obvious to us here's this blind man who calls out to Jesus and then Jesus comes up to him and he says this what do you want me to do for you And it does seem a bit obvious, but maybe not. But that's what we read here. Mark 10, 51. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Maybe Jesus is saying that to you this morning. Maybe he's saying, what do you want me to do for you? And maybe it is your prayer, Lord, I want to see. I want to see you more. I want to see things clearly, Lord. I want to grow and mature in my faith. I want to see, Lord. What do you want me to do for you? I want to see. And Jesus said, go. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Jesus teaches us to ask, to petition our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And you read John MacArthur's book, alone with God John MacArthur says this the Greek word translated bread not only represents food but it is also symbolic of all our physical needs he goes on and says this theologian John Stott has observed that to Martin Luther everything necessary for the preservation of this life is bread this is what Martin Luther sees it as including food a healthy body good weather House, home, wife, children, good government and peace. This is what Luther saw was in that prayer, give us this day our daily bread. So you can see this bread is a pretty big loaf, yes? I'm sorry about that. The Lord Jesus, in what he says in this following verse, demonstrates just how desperately daily dependent we are on God listen to this, on our heavenly father, these words, Matthew 4, I'm closing soon, Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Desperately dependent on God are we for our daily needs. Job also, Job had this insight of his daily dependency on God when he says this in Job 23 12, I have not departed from the commands of his lips, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Is that where you are? Do you treasure the words of God's mouth more than the other things that he gives us? And again, John MacArthur says this, I want to close with this statement that he makes the sum of all this is ultimately there is nothing in the whole realm of scripture which so plainly shows us our entire dependence upon God as does this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. The only thing that really matters for us is that we know God as our Father. If we only knew God this, like this, our problems would be solved already and we would... realize our utter dependence upon him and go to him daily as children to their father simple isn't it and yet profound if you've heard nothing else just pray keep praying don't talk about prayer pray let's do it right now and I'm going to encourage us I want to actually invite us all to say the Lord's Prayer together let's pray together here we go our father which art in heaven Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.